Welcome to the next episode of Cozy On Up in NC Cardinal. Each episode is a journey through cozy mysteries available in NC Cardinal. I'm reviewing a cozy mystery genre or theme or author that is available. If you've got a cozy mystery topic or question you'd like me to look into in a future episode, just post it in the comments on our social media and Facebook and Twitter. This month's theme is October's Halloween Among Books and in Libraries. So we're kind of looking at bookstores, uh, book clubs, and libraries um, with the story set during Halloween, or at least Halloween is included. So we have got several that fit that theme. I have to admit, I enjoyed this uh, a whole lot. Uh, there were some great books this time. There were two mass market paperback size books, The Legend of Sleepy Harlow by Kylie Logan, and then Behind Chocolate Bars by Kathy Ahrens. Then a regular size book, but paperback, The Spook in the Stacks by Ava Gates. And then we have uh, three hardback books, Death Overdue by Allison Brooke, Shelved Under Murder by Victoria Gilbert, Ink and Shadows by Ellery Adams. So our inaugural episode covered what is a cozy mystery. So today we're going to look at a particular holiday cozies. Uh, the genre set those during Halloween. Halloween and Christmas are the two most popular holidays that a cozy mystery series will eventually get to. Um, with Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, St. Patrick's Day, and Valentine's Day also appearing in some series. There are some authors that largely focus only on holidays or repeatedly hit certain holidays every so often in their series, especially if they've gone up to 15, 20, you know, or more books. They may have three or four uh, Christmas uh, versions, kind of like Joanna Fluke's series. In Searching NC Cardinal, there were 66 Halloween or autumn period uh, cozy mysteries, so we had to narrow it down to keep things manageable. And I s picked that sub-theme that I knew I'd love, uh, you know, books, bookstores, uh, book clubs, and libraries. So let's start with the mass market paperbacks. Uh, the Legend of Sleepy Harlow by Kylie Logan was published in 2014. It is book number three in the League of Literary Ladies mystery series. And there's a total of five books in that series. I'll post the links uh, to the author's page and the series page inside of the podcast episode description, just like I will for the rest of these books. Our main character for this book um, is kind of B. Cartwright. Uh, she's running a bed and breakfast named B and Bees, the insect and her own name. Uh, she's in South Bass Island on Lake Erie, and the League of Literary Lady Ladies is a book club that also doubles kind of as a team or supporting each other as a set of amateur sleuths. The series started, apparently, because we're in book number three with this, uh, started with Bee having a stalker in Manhattan. So she moved out to Lake Erie and remodeled the B&B &B to create, you know, a new, a new life, a new uh, income, you know, what she's handling. But uh, it also apparently started the League of Literary Ladies uh, with her remodeling and everything, kind of irking her neighbors. So definitely may want to check out those first couple books in the series before you get to this one. 
if you're interested more in the characters than just having a fun read, one-off fun read. Uh, the book readability, so there was uh, plenty of information to be able to catch on to who the major, major figures were, the situations, you know, the town description. But, of course, reading those other books will definitely help, I'm sure. A manuscript, a winery, ghosts, and paranormal hunting all mixed in to make a really good story. So kind of as a special category this, this time, I'm looking at kind of the librarian or book, book sort of situation plausibility. So the main character, B, has a friend named Marianne who, was a, who is a librarian. Um, the Marianne has written a book on local uh, ghostly prohibition era mobster, Charles, quotation marks, sleepy, um, Harlow. So that's clearly where the title of the book comes from. Play on, you know, Sleepy Hollow's uh, book title, which is what the League of Literary Ladies are reading. So it's really cute kind of crossover and play on words there. The kind of book crime plausibility and guessability. The author did a really good job of setting up several possible suspects with even a few more added later. Um, all kind of within the usual first 50, you know, 100 pages, getting all that set up. And it was a kind of a, a real jaunty tale that had twists and turns. And the culprit was only revealed in the last few pages. You know, you didn't have it guessed and figured out. Um, there was only one murder, unlike other stories where sometimes like a second murder um, or attempted murder kind of keeps the excitement up. You know, there's, of course, some near misses and plots and thoughts all the way through. So the excitement still held well. Um, overall opinion uh, would I read more? Um, it was cute, so I definitely would read more. Um, but for comparison, just to this week's set of books, I liked some other ones better. Um, but that doesn't mean this one was bad. Uh, it was cute. Uh, I may like it even more if I restarted with the first book in the series. So the next ma next mass market paperback is Behind Chocolate Bars by Kathy Ahrens. This is from 2016. It is also book number three in the ch a chocolate-covered mystery series, which has a total of three books, so it is stopped with three. Uh, the main characters are best friends Michelle Serrano and Erica Russell, celebrating the sweet rewards of their combined bookstore and chocolate shop that is cutely named Chocolates and Chapters, and it is based in West Riverdale, Maryland. It was okay, uh, but it is the last in this trilogy, the no more written but perhaps because it was, once again, a third book in a series, I wasn't really kind of finding or getting into or getting sucked into the side story of Michelle and her brother Leo um, near as many, like, emotions and sense of realness as I do with some other authors' stories, even starting in the middle. Um, she clearly did her research given her dedications in the preface, but some of it, it just, it was, it was okay. It just, it just didn't rope me in. Um... Some authors, of course, are really good at roping you in no matter which number you jump into in the series. Um, others, their skill lies in developing, you know, a story over time uh, with small tidbits and along and along in several books. Uh, so you really do have to start at the front. So perhaps Aaron's skill is more with kind of like with Kylie Logan. The tidbits maybe that I'm missing that really get me sucked in and understand might have been in the first few books. Um, so I'm missing them by having picked the Halloween book that was the final book in the series. But it was still okay. Um, the plausibility, the viewpoint is largely from the chocolate maker Michelle. Um, so books really aren't discussed much. 
kind of they're more a store decor. You kind of get the sense they're in the background. They're more focused on, you know, running the business, handling the volunteers, the teens, the the patrons, you know, and Michelle comes up with some awesome sounding chocolate. Um, so the really fun part is there's recipes for some of that at the end of the book. Um, so you could cook. Um, the plausibility and kind of guessability of the crime certainly seem plausible. We're not dealing with some midsummer murders, random, you know, weirdness. But so much of the story kind of kept returning to the same father and son situation, swapping back and forth, um, kind of like, I guess, in order to distract from who the killer might be, to make you think, oh, it's definitely this one. Oh, no, 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 it's that one. It kind of started getting a bit frustrating. Um kind of seemed to be a bit of an effort to fill the book to a proper length. It might have been a deeper punch if it had been a novella instead of a full-length novel, but it was still okay. Um, I may try the first book, so it's not like I hated it and I don't want to go back to it. Um, kind of see if it would help set up this overarching story and characters better. But uh, there's some other ones we're getting to in the next segment that I really loved. Um, paperback regular size uh so not tiny so if you're looking for pocket size for travel to the beach this will not be that spook in the stacks by ava gates uh, from 2018 this is book number four in a lighthouse library mystery series which is now up to eight books number eight was just released in may 2021 so it's still going our main character is librarian lucy richardson in the Bodie island lighthouse library and once again she finds the dead body in the library, during a lecture, on ghostly legends. Um, plus, there's some other spooky things that are being seen in and outside the library. This all combines to make for a fun read. By this point in the series, things are developing among the characters' lives enough that it's kind of helping to keep the stories interesting. But it's not so integral that you can't just jump in and enjoy it as a standalone test of her work. The book readability was lovely, uh, just enough seasonal fun to fit uh, reading it during this time of year, but not too much that you, you know, wouldn't be able to get into it and enjoy it at any other time of the year. For the special category of kind of libra librarian plausibility, the author depicts the aspects of being a librarian pretty well. The lighthouse, this one, Bodie Island, actually does exist. It's just not a library, but that would be cool if it was. So if you'd like to visit Bodie Island Lighthouse, you can. You just won't find a library there. Book crime kind of plausibility and guessability. Um, you have the usual red herring perpetrators. Uh, possibilities kind of getting floated out there. But it is fun in reading a cozy mystery. You're sitting there trying to see, you know, which one will it actually be? Um, so, you know, am I discounting this person too quickly? Or is it someone totally unexpected? Always fun. And she does a really good job. This book is set in North Carolina, so for those of our local listeners, since we are a North Carolina-based library, that's an added bonus. Would I read more in this series? Absolutely. Everything I've read in this series so far has been good. I've, of course, been jumping in with things that fit themes, but you can jump in wherever you want and still enjoy it, and it's good, and it's plausible, and it's fun to read. So, been enjoying her work. Definitely would recommend that. Now we move on to the last three hardback books. Um, so we have Death Overdue by Allison Brooke. This is a book I've been dying to get to for a while. 
I've been on my stack of to be read, as we all have. Uh, this is book number one in a haunted library mystery series. It's now up to five books. Number five was released in November, will be kind of released next month in November 2021. Our main character is Carrie Singleton, who's completed an online library degree and lives with her uncle Bosco and Aunt Harriet, working in Clover Ridge, Connecticut. She's a temporary librarian so far for about five months, until at the start of this story, she's offered the job as head of programs and events at the local spooky library that is based in an old house. I can't even imagine. I'd love to... You can kind of see bits of this in the cover images, but it kind of must be like the uh, Bodie Island Lighthouse Library. Uh, we'd all love these locations to be a library, but I can't even imagine how it would fit and work. Um, but certainly would make it interesting. But given the meeting rooms and sizes and the way things are described, it must have been a gigantic house to start with. But that would be awesome. And it has a ghost in there, but the ghost is a librarian who died 15 years ago. Carrie doesn't even know about the ghost um, until the job offer happens and then suddenly Evelyn Havers pops up because she noticed Carrie now had a chance to be permanent. So she knew Carrie could see her. She'd been hiding from her. And now she reveals herself to encourage Carrie to stay in Clover Ridge. The book readability. There are some fun characters. A stray cat is added to the library at the end of the book. So now we have a library cat. And there's even two romantic interests if you want a little bit of drama. But that all sorts itself out so it doesn't look like it's going to be a back and forth, back and forth issue. At least so far. We'll see. Kind of the librarian plausibility. This is uh, kind of like with Ava Gates' book. This is a hefty part of the story. Um, newsletters, adult programming, reshelving, circulation, weeding, children's programming, advertising, marketing. But, you know, all of this is mentioned. All of this is a part of her life and work. Um, it's all very familiar sounding as a librarian myself. However, the sheer number of staff, the sheer number of programs run and paid for, supplies that are bought, all seems a little outside for this small rural town as it's described. It would fit, though, that kind of volume, the number of staff, the number of programs would fit in a larger metropolis, such as nearby Winston-Salem or Charlotte that's in our state. Um, but of course, we all librarians dream of having, you know, no matter the location, the size of our library or our local population or even our budget size, we all wish we had this many programs and this many staff and this, you know, Big of a setup, no matter what size, what town, and what budget. But, however, this makes it a very positive, fictional view. But it's definitely a bit fictional. Um, a small town this size isn't going to have that big of a budget uh, for its library, most likely. Be very rare case. Be lovely, though. Because it's amazing what they're able to support their community with and uh, pay their programmers and supplies they're able to buy. So, it would be awesome. The kind of the plausibility and guessability of the crime is a very plausible crime. It's not off the wall weird. There's about three to four suspects. Uh, there's two of them that are running neck and neck right up until the very last. And your mind kind of going, which one is it? I know it's got to be these two. Which one is it? And you kind of have bits back and forth and back and forth to make you think, oh, no, it's this. Oh, no, it's this. Um, very well written. It literally is the last couple pages before it sorts itself out. Very plausible killers. The motive and method were plausible and ingenious as well. 
very well worked in. My overall personal opinion, finally having gotten to read this, I loved it. Uh, given I know some of our library patrons, of course, find this question a key aspect when giving them read-alikes and reference recommendations, the supernatural element in this book is very minimal. Carrie Singleton, the librarian, does most of the work herself in investigating, thinking, going about, finding things, so readers can find the story very plausible, too. Basically, it would largely be the same even if the ghost was removed, so you don't have to worry about it suddenly being like, wow, that was a major leap that only would have happened because the ghost was there. Um, basically, Carrie gets to sort out a lot of it herself, so very plausible. You kind of, you know, Evelyn's cute, but not extremely integral, so it's not like, wow, they never would be able to solve anything if it wasn't for the ghost beetle, you know, walk through walls or go through tunnels or, you know, know stuff from 300 years ago or something. So, very cute, very nice. I'm looking forward to hopefully in the future having time to read more of her work. Okay, got two more. Shelved Under Murder by Victoria Gilbert. So this is another popular library uh, series in our area. Uh, this is book number two in the Blue Ridge Library Mystery Series. It is now up to six books in this series. She's still writing. Number six is to be released in December 2021. So just a couple months off. Gilbert is always good. It's always a fun story uh, that you can jump into without having to read the others. But if you have, it's even better. Character development is slow, so things don't jump dramatically, you know, from one book to the next. Um, but still quick enough to find following, you know, both a new crime in each book plus the main cast of characters fun to do. So you can just read it to enjoy it if it's the only one available on the shelf. Um, but if you also like watching characters uh, develop, she does it slow enough you don't suddenly go, whoa, who died or who got married or who did something in the last book. It works well. The librarian situations are pretty good too, uh, particularly showing how smaller libraries require knowing and doing so many different tasks with just one person. Such as the opening scene where Sunny helps a student find information on an artist, um, I also like how the author shows libraries' lifetime accumulation with, you know, they have a 1919-era circulation counter, but then they also have computers, and also a 1970s edition that holds the children's area. So, you know, and it looks nothing like the new building, but it all meshes together to make for a small-town library, so very plausible situation there. I love the two uh, librarians and how she sets up that they work together, um, Victoria always does a good job in setting the stage for the kind of plausibility and guessability of the crime. You know, moves into the crime, works through a very, um, you know, plausible series of episodes that an amateur sleuth could actually fall into and be able to solve the crime. It's not a stretch. Particularly a librarian who's connected to much of the town and good at research and knows about art history. So another good volume in this series. I like how this one in particular is one of those cozies that has a stable of possible perpetrators, but then the actual villain may surprise you by not being a surprise new addition or dark horse that you know you didn't even realize was in the town or etc., but merely twisted to suddenly seem the obvious choice in a new and sudden way right at the end. 
uh, I love how she's able to do that. Fun features, this one's set in the Appalachian Mountains in fictional tailors for Virginia. Overall personal opinion, would I read more? Of course, this is another series I've read other books in and they're all good, so I'd come back more. So our last book is Ink and Shadows by Ellery Adams. So this is one I've been, once again, on my to-be-read stack I'd like to get to. Finally was able to dive in and get to sample one. This is book number four in the popular and famous A Secret Book and Scone Society series. This is the latest title that was released in January 2021. So she's still going to be writing, so it's still expanding. If that's important to you, I'm jumping into a series. Our main character is Nora Pennington, owner of Miracle Books in Miracle Springs, North Carolina. And the supporting cast for this cozy mystery is more diverse racially and in their physical abilities or problems than you may expect from having, you know, if you've read a lot of cozies. It covers topics such as drugs and addiction. Also, of course, race, um, sexual orientation kind of are mentioned. Um, there is a bit of supernatural kind of hinted. Kind of get that idea with uh, the title Miracle Books. Uh, there might be something, might not. There's a bit of something hinted. But it's not dramatic. Any of those categories, uh, you know, drugs, addiction, uh, sexual orientation, race, uh, gender. None of that is overly excessive in any of those categories. Um, it actually feels like it's there as a part of a story, not just something inserted. The readability is fantastic. The characters have depth, and the description brought it all to alive and brought it all together. Story brought so much feeling and sensitivity to moments you know, when you have that, like, private pain, those decisions you have to make, you know, forks in the road in life, you know, family history and how people's decisions impact later generations and later situations. You know, there's ugly public episodes that happen, but you have no idea about the private issues, decisions, and family history that went into just that single moment. Um, she brings a lot of feeling and sensitivity to that situation. We see enough unhappiness, of course, ugly words and deeds and mistakes being made in the world every day. Um, so, you know, as the quote goes from another famous book, to err is human, after all. This story helps us remember that while rudeness, evil, and hate are not answers, certainly should not happen, that there are good people around us, and often behind those poor choices are moments of hate there are not necessarily gateway drugs, but instead there are those gateway emotions that occurred of fear, uncertainty, desire for power and money, ignorance, and wanting to have a sense of control or a quick solution to a situation, to try and avoid those rough moments of growth that test our faith and trust in family, friends, and community. And avoiding those or attempting to control the situation often makes it worse. So she did a fantastic job. I was highly impressed. The special category, you know, this week of librarian plausibility. She's not a librarian, but she is a bookstore owner. Um, so the idea of, you know, reference, giving recommendations and references uh, to her readers. Um, very familiar. Just different situation they have to purchase rather than a library where you check them out for free. Um, her whole, you know, agonizing and having to change book displays and bulletin boards. Often very familiar as well. Uh loved getting to read about that. She had really cool descriptions and ideas. 
you know, as librarians, public librarians, uh, you know, public schools and um, in public libraries, we often have to make seasonal and holiday specific displays that change every few weeks or once a month. Also, banned books display was mentioned um, in this book, which is ironic and highly timely, as we literally just finished the banned books week discussion and display at our library last week. The plausibility and guessability of the crime. They're not the usual obvious suspects constantly being introduced and ruled out. And while there are one to two red herrings, you know, kind of hinted at, the suspect this time comes out of the blue. But that works as it allowed the characters and the community to take center stage as they worked through their problems. So you, it's, this was more of having to work through situations and problems, getting those out the way, solved, handled and dealt with, and then suddenly the perpetrator of, this, of these crimes was able to be found. Fun features. It has a helpful list of characters in the front of the book, which, of course, if you don't regularly visit the series or you're trying to remember if it's been a while since you read it and you're rereading it, it would definitely help to remember things uh, by having that cast listed there. For book group members or friends who like to talk about what they've read because they read similar things, there's a helpful list of discussion questions at the end to facilitate discussion. And the series is set in fictional town of Miracle Springs, North Carolina, which if you're from North Carolina and familiar with the Great Smoky Mountains, it's kind of likely best to imagine this to be Hot Springs, North Carolina, instead of Miracle Springs. It'd be a similar situation. Overall, my personal opinion about whether I'd read it again or more, yes! This is my first time testing this series. I've heard about it, been wanting to get to it, and I'd love to read more because I enjoyed it, even though it was number four. So I'd definitely start with number one and just keep on going because it was fun to get through, and she did a great job of writing it. So, lots of good ones this week. Didn't really have any bad ones or weird ones that I didn't enjoy. Got to read them all. But several of them stood out even amongst such a good set that we had. There were even some that were better than good. So, this was wonderful. I'm looking forward to getting to do Christmas in a, another little bit. We'll have Cozy on up in North Carolina for December. We'll be looking at Cozy Mysteries with Christmas Settings. There's so many to pick from. I've got to narrow it down. So post your question and your topic and your ideas because we've got to set our spring schedule. I'd love to hear from you. And otherwise, see you in a month.